are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Seconds left, he's got the ball, he should have it. Isaiah hangs out of the ball, flips it up to the Raptors. Detroit is the city of champions again. Detroit Basketball! What is happening? Welcome to the Locked On Pistons podcast, your episode for Monday, September the 28th, and we've got the NBA Finals set. This is your boy Matt Schiff, the host of the Locked On Pistons podcast, a sports writer here in Detroit City covering sports gambling for PlayMichigan.com, Pistons fan and follower my whole life, just like you guys, and a sports newspaper reporter for over a decade as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. And you'll get $10 off your first order at Built Bar. Today we're going to talk NBA Finals. The matchup is set. I'm also going to share what I'm learning from the playoffs. Something to keep in mind as we look towards November 18th, the draft. And of course, we got uh, Mock Draft Monday for you. I know you've been yearning for it the last couple of Mondays. But Brian, Brother Brian has a new feature for us where he's going to be profiling some of the candidates that you guys handpicked. And he's going to tell us about a guy that us in the state of Michigan are very familiar with heading in to November 18th. But give me a follow on Twitter at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, another underscore for that. Also the Locked on Pistons Twitter account. And check us out on Facebook at Locked on Pistons dash. Matt Shook, give a follow also to the play underscore Michigan account for playmichigan.com, the website that's got all the information from you on the upcoming legalization of online sports betting here in the Great Lakes State. But the Miami Heat are headed to the NBA Finals to take on LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. A matchup in the finals that not many predicted, yourself, myself included, yourself included, I'm sure. But uh, both of the conference finals got completed over the weekend. I was 50-50 on Fridays with Brian saying that this both of these series would get extended to a sixth game. I was correct on the Eastern Conference and not so correct on the Western Conference, but the Heat closed it out against the Celtics in Game 6 on Sunday night, one night after LeBron James and Lakers did the same in five games to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Fun weekend of basketball, a couple of teams that ran away with it at the end, and the teams that were those teams that that, that kind of controlled fourth quarters throughout throughout the series as well. Uh, The Nuggets 3-1 Magic. Ran out on them. LeBron James, of course, the story in this game. 38 points, 16 rebounds, 10 assists. Uh, Some of the numbers on him, of course, the number one number is 9 out of 10 NBA Finals for the last 10 years. His 10th trip as an individual player to the NBA Finals and um, third team, obviously, as well. Uh, These are two teams going to the finals that did not make the playoffs last year. So some, uh, maybe some motivation for the Detroit Pistons right there. But Anthony Davis, 27 points and a strong game off the bench for Alex Caruso. Mostly early. I think he had all of his points in the first half. Danny Green knocked down some shots finally. 11 points for him. But LeBron James was the story of this game, is the story of this season, is the story of this decade plus, uh, et cetera, et cetera, here in the NBA but uh, we'll have a LeBron appreciation show at some point, maybe after this championship is won, if that's indeed where we're headed here with the L.A. Lakers. But uh, maybe you can skip that one if you're one of the LeBron haters out there. I do not count myself among the LeBron haters. I respect the king big time. Uh, certainly still a, a Jordan is the goat guy if we want to go down that road. But uh, LeBron James, 
carving out a pretty nice career for himself after getting picked number one by the Cleveland Cavaliers in the 2003 NBA draft, one spot ahead of a young man from Serbia who will not be named today. We name him sometime, but not today. We'll skip that. But uh, for the Nuggets, who are going home with their heads held high, uh, everyone and their mother is just saying that the Nuggets, this is them getting over the hump, right? They got to the conference finals, and this is the beginning of them being a contending team for a long, long time. Um, I don't know if I quite buy that. This was a great, you know, two comebacks against the Utah Jazz. I mean, they're down 3-1 to one in the first round to a shaky Jazz team. They dismantled the Clippers on that 3-1 comeback, but was that more Clippers than Nuggets? I, and again, um, Jokic and uh, Jamal Murray, of course, two cornerstones of what should be at least a good team going forward. But am I ready to pencil them into multiple more conference finals down the road and at least an NBA finals in there too in the future. I certainly think it's a possibility, but I'm not going to say that this team is destined for all that kind of stuff. Now, if Michael Porter Jr. takes some more steps forward going, going into things, then yeah, I, I mean, certainly the odds are that this turns into a very good stretch of Denver Nuggets basketball. We've seen the Nuggets make the conference finals before and not exactly parlay that into year after year of success. And, and a lot of this, of course, has to do with the fact that the Western Conference is so strong that it's tough for anyone to break all the way through. But Jeremy Grant, speaking of breaking through, 20 points on 46 minutes for him. At times, uh, one of the best players, the, the, the second or third best player, depending on the game, for the Nuggets during the series. Jokic had a couple of uh, snoozers there. But um, Jeremy Grant, just a, a bulldog. We'd love to have him here with the Detroit Pistons. Worth noting that Troy Weaver and the Oklahoma City Thunder traded him away. This past offseason, uh, certainly OKC could have used a player like Jeremy Grant in their first round exit this year. Uh, not a great sign that uh, Troy Weaver watched that guy play. And and um, I liked him a lot for Oklahoma City. This isn't a guy that came out of nowhere. When I saw that he was traded to Denver, I thought, wow, nice pickup for the Nuggets there. A player option for him coming into this summer that he will certainly turn down. Uh, I think he's got about a $9 million number next year so. Again, assuming that uh, he wants to get a, a nice little pay raise or some long-term security, uh, he declines that option and signs either re with Denver or maybe some way this could help the Pistons. If some team uh, like the Charlotte Hornets or New York Knicks wants to throw big money at Jeremy Grant, maybe that takes the amount of suitors that could be out there for Christian Wood a little bit off the table and uh, that maybe the price tag for Christian Wood could fall a little bit. Or if a team like Denver or another team out there wants to add Jeremy Grant and doesn't have the space available to do all that much, they might want to dump a separate contract on the Detroit Pistons and they could benefit from that. On Sunday night, the Miami Heat, 125-113 to 113 against the Boston Celtics. Boston with a really good stretch at the beginning of the fourth quarter, I think about a 10-2 run. They kind of take control of this game, went up about six or so, and the Heat just blasted them. From there on out, something like 26-6 run to close up until the very end of that game. Unbelievable showing. Bam Adebayo is the big story in this one. 32 points and 14 rebounds. Tyler Hero off the bench with 19. Jimmy Butler with 22 points. He was strong as well. Duncan Robinson, a plus 24 in this game for the former Michigan forward. 15 points for him, knocking down five three-pointers. Of course, that's how he scores. 20 points or more apiece from Tatum with 24 26 for Jalen Brown and 20 apiece for Marcus Smart and Kemba Walker. Just not enough. Gordon Hayward couldn't find his way after coming back from the injury before this series. 12 points in 32 minutes for him. Not great for Gordon Hayward. Um, and the Miami Heat, 
and the Los Angeles Lakers will play in the NBA Finals, just as you all predicted, starting on Wednesday night. We'll have plenty more about that series. But I'm going to talk about what I'm learning from these NBA playoffs so far this year. That's coming up next here on the Locked on Pistons podcast. But hey, I live right in downtown Detroit, and sometimes I don't know what to get for dinner, and I just open up the DoorDash app, and I'm just scrolling. I'm trying to find something that comes out and jumps right back at you. I got some pizza on Saturday night, and I'm just telling you, I was a satisfied customer once again, and that's what DoorDash does for you. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food that you're craving right now right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, scroll for that food, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities we operate in safe. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on that first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget that's code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Yes, sir! All right, we know the Pistons plan some mini camp from now until a week from Tuesday, I believe. I'm sure if you're optimistic, like I am sometimes, you're salivating on the types of stories that are coming out, gassing up some guys within the organization. Interesting to see who they are talking about, who's been available to the media, and what the Pistons and Dwayne Casey are saying about those guys. I've got some thoughts, so we'll have some more on that tomorrow. And a little bit later today, the draft profile, the first draft profile, 18 guys from now until November 18th. I'm going to give my thoughts on them after Brother Brian gives us a little bit closer look. And we'll start with number 18 on your big board from the Locked on Pistons listeners draft board. Very excited to play a few of these for you guys. Short little snippets of these guys, uh, what you need to know, and I'll have some thoughts on each of them as we go along. But these playoffs, what's what's been the stories? What's been the takeaways for Pistons fans? Other than, of course, Donovan Mitchell early on making us Hate Our Lives from the 2016 draft. Right there, Jamal Murray from Canada, making a little bit of a playoff name for himself, changing the narrative on his career so far. The Milwaukee Bucks for the bad. Uh, just a horrific playoff for them, of course, and a lot of questions going forward. The Miami Heat for the good. Heat culture. Steal that as much as you possibly can. But big picture, as I look kind of around the league at the landscape, and LeBron's the biggest story, as we know, in terms of a micro sense, but from a macro sense, my thought is this. The emergence of the skilled big man, right? For years, even in Pistons land, it was all about you can't build around the center, you can't build around Andre, and I agree with that because Andre was supposed to be that overqualified rim runner slash defensive rim protector, Uh, Just a super athletic freak that can be under the basket and cause havoc on both ends of the court. Now, we know that he never really protected the rim all that much. Was okay with it at times. And he wanted to be more than a rim runner offensively. And that never really worked out too when he was just doing lobs with Reggie Jackson back in 2016. That seemed to be maybe the best version of him. But maybe he had the right idea. Maybe he wanted to expand his game and be a skilled big man but it just really wasn't in the cards 
for Andre Drummond. So who are the teams that we're talking about right now? I mean, the Celtics have a good young core of wings. We expect them to be around for a long time. But who are the big stories of these playoffs? The Miami Heat, led by Bam Adebayo. The L.A. Lakers in the finals, of course, led by LeBron and Anthony Davis. We're going to see A.D. and Bam Adebayo going uh, one-on-one during these finals. Should be a lot of fun, in addition to LeBron James and Jimmy Butler as well. But the breakout player of these playoffs, uh, maybe Jamal Murray, but certainly I would say one of them is Nicole Jokic. The amount of respect that we're hearing about building around Jokic, one of the guys that you'd want to start your franchise with for the Denver Nuggets. Centers are not dead. You heard me, Bam Adebayo, Anthony Davis, Nicole Jokic, big men are not dead. Uh, we know about the skill with those guys, but they're also they're used as hubs for their teams very often. Bam Adebayo, the most consequential plays made during Game 6 when the Heat wrestled away control in the about the 10-minute mark of the fourth quarter, down to about the 8-minute mark. Bam drives on Daniel Tyson, dunks on him two-handed, right? Bam uh, crosses over to the left, pulls up in the uh, at the dotted line, basically, on the left side of the key, gets fouled by Tice, knocks down the jumper and the free throw as well. Boston's got to flip the script, put Grant Williams back in there. Not enough firepower offensively. They missed some threes. Game over. Bam Adebayo leads the Miami Heat in Game 6 into the NBA Finals. These are all these three teams that we're talking about, these three big men that we're talking about. These are all teams that don't have tier one point guards. Goran Dragic has been solid in these playoffs. He's not a tier one point guard. Jamal Murray, also off the ball, too. Certainly not a pure point guard in any stretch of the imagination. The Lakers, LeBron James is their point guard, so obviously he's a tier one player, but you don't want him handling the load all game, all season long. He takes turns with AD for that type of thing. I see a similar hole with the Pistons. We all know that this team does not have a future point guard and really not really a point guard of the present either. Uh, Derek Rose, to me, is kind of an empty calorie gimmick player, and he was very good for the Pistons this past year, and hopefully they can deal him or make the Derek Rose experience that they had and the nice signing that they had of Derek Rose last summer. Hopefully that results in some sort of tangible benefit for the Pistons in years to come. And, and having him play out another year for the Pistons and even overachieving and not dealing him, uh, that doesn't really seem to make any sense for team building other than, I don't know, selling a few tickets or getting a little bit of national notoriety, getting the uh, the, the Rose stands to follow along for a couple of years doesn't really do much for me. So I see that hole with the Pistons, obviously. And uh, so you want to draft that guy, right? You want to draft your lead ball handler. But what if Luka Doncic doesn't, doesn't come back in the draft? Wasn't What if Trey Young never uh, falls for the Pistons. What if they don't get that top three pick next year? Then what, right? You need other hubs to run the offense, other building blocks. We got Christian Wood hopefully coming back. If you're a Pistons fan, really not much there in terms of shot creation or or, uh, offense creation, I should say. He can score. Um, He can shoot when open as well, but he's not uh, take it at the top of the key type of guy, be an offensive hub, make something happen. Uh, Seku, another player that we hope is a big part of the future, can't really pass at all at this point in his career. Hopefully that's things he develop. But you, very rarely do we see guys who struggle as playmakers this early in their careers become you know plus-plus playmakers. Certainly you hope to build that skill as his career goes along. Blake Griffin is that guy, but uh, you know, the best-case scenario of him being healthy, he's that guy, but you're not building the future around Blake Griffin. That's a separate discussion. So what does that mean? Thinking about this draft – for the Pistons, you guys know how I feel about Nyeko Kongwu. I don't know if he's that guy. 
Uh, I don't know if he's the uh, the Bam Adebayo comparison is very. Uh, it's a little bit unfair. It's it's ex- extremely optimistic. Now I know that they have similar bodies, kind of. Um, small fives, I guess is one way of putting it. Uh, they look similar. They're, they're similar looking guys, body wise and, and face wise, to be honest. Uh, you see flashes of the passing with Nyeko Kongwu. You certainly see the defensive effort. You certainly see the switchability, uh, defensively with him. You see the tool, the, the seeds of the developing offensive game. You see him uh, finishing around the basket really well with both hands, which probably translates to decent mid-range type of stuff. Does it ever extend to three-pointers? We don't know about that. Uh, certainly there's reasons to believe that it will never happen for Nyeko Kongwu, but I see the seeds there. Um, and I hope that he can work at it like a Bam Adebayo has, a guy who is just fully committed, fully into his improvement, fully bought into heat culture. And it seems like Nyeko Kongwu might have some of that. Not really sure, but uh, I'm telling you, not only in Yeko Kongo, but seeing Jokic, Bam, and Anthony Davis, and Anthony Davis we've known about for many years, obviously, but that has me feeling better about even thinking about taking James Wiseman, especially at number seven. If he falls, you might be lucking into something. You might be lucking into um, a very skilled player. I don't see the the passing with uh, the little tape that's out there on James Wiseman and uh, a guy who certainly doesn't handle the ball or anything like that with with his proficiency right now, but a guy who has a developing jump shot who might be able to be a three-point shooter at some point. And like I said, you might be getting lucky. Those of you who want the Pistons to find that next star, if you can get James Wiseman at number seven, look, if he would have played a full college season and was great or even very good, he might be a guaranteed top three pick in the draft. But as it is now, maybe he falls. Maybe get lucky at number seven. So these two guys are certainly in my top seven. For my big board, uh, really, they're they're probably in my top four. Also, uh, from a Pistons perspective, I know I've been talking about Okongwu as my number one guy, um, but I, I do shuffle Lamelo and Anthony Edwards and James Wiseman back into that top group uh, because I like when those top prospects kind of fall to seven, and you can get them at a more reasonable salary, and uh, and if they're there, you might take them now. The real questions become when you have a choice between an Okongwu or a Wiseman. I'm an Okongwu guy. You know that about me. But I might have both of these guys right now ahead of like a Killian Hayes type, who I see as a serviceable point guard who will be in the league for a long time, but not necessarily that great ceiling that you're looking for for one of these guys. And just watching the way that Jokic, Davis, and Bam are really controlling these playoffs, skilled big men, hubs of offenses, that kind of makes me feel a little bit better about having big guys as cornerstones of the team, being building blocks, being guys that are top seven picks in the NBA draft, particularly Yako Okongwu, and to a lesser extent, the uh, the lottery ticket that is James Wiseman, particularly if those guys can continue to develop some of the skills that they bring to the table. But speaking of big men who might even be pretty skilled too, Brother Brian coming through. He's not the big man, but the guy he's talking about in up next here is uh, going to tell us about the number 18 draft prospect on the Locked On Pistons fans big board, and we're going to talk about him coming up next. That's next here on the Locked On Pistons podcast, which is a proud member of the Locked On Network, your team every day. But hey, you know I got to tell you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and they got a new product that I'm excited to tell you about a little bit sooner rather than later as well. The new and improved Built Bar, 
the flagship product of this company. Even more delicious now. The six new flavors, I've told you all about them. I've had them all. They're very good. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. And if you don't, are you, if you're not excited about at least one of those flavors, then you and I have different priorities on this planet. Add those to the 12 OG flavors highlighted by German chocolate, double chocolate. How about orange? These bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Built bars are healthy. They're great for the health conscious guy. You lose or maintain the weight while indulging in a delicious treat. These bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They fill you up, but they don't get you filled up in terms of the belly. Great for the keto diet. Great for those health conscious guys out there. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKDOWN. They reset the promo code. So if you used it before, you can use it again. You'll get $10 off your next order. We talk about these guys a lot because they're a true OG sponsor for this show. They're locked into us at the Lockdown Network for a long time. And uh, I talk about them enough where you know they're important to me and important to the Lockdown Pistons show as well. Use promo code LOCKDOWN for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. A few weeks ago, Matt asked you listeners to submit your opinions on the top seven draft prospects for the Pistons, and after a healthy response from you guys, he compiled those submissions and unveiled a list of the 18 players that you voted for in the order that you guys selected. We've decided to take that list and work our way up and give a more in-depth summary of those prospects. So today, we start with Xavier Tillman, a 21-year-old, 6'8", 245-pound power forward. Tillman is from Grand Rapids, Michigan, and graduated from Grand Rapids Christian, where he finished second in Michigan's Mr. Basketball voting in 2017 and was a four-star recruit leading Grand Rapids Christian to the state finals averaging almost 14 points and 11 rebounds a game. Tillman took his talents to East Lansing to join coach Tom Izzo's Spartans because he said they played the best competition and it's close to home. As a sophomore, Xavier was named the Big Ten's sixth man of the year with his signature game coming in that season's NCAA tournament when the Spartans upset the top-seeded Duke Blue Devils. In that game, he scored 19 points and had nine rebounds while defending national player of the year Zion Williamson for much of that game. He became a starter his junior year and was named the Big Ten's Defensive Player of the Year while also being named the All-Big Ten's second team, averaging over 13 points and 10 rebounds a game before declaring for the 2020 NBA Draft. Coach Izzo attributed his vast improvement as a basketball player in his time at Michigan State to the birth of his first child. Tillman and his wife have recently added a second child to their family. While it's probably a stretch to think the Pistons would grab him with the seventh pick, if they do manage to trade down in the draft, most mocks have him going late in the first round or possibly sliding into the second. The highest slot I was able to find was from the Athletic who had him as high as 21st. Draft experts credit his high basketball IQ and instincts on the defensive end as his best assets. He's a polished player who has a high motor and energy level, and although undersized at six foot eight, his good footwork, powerful frame, and seven foot one inch wingspan allow him to be a physical defender down low. On the offensive end, he has plus passing ability for a big man, but doesn't possess the explosiveness or quickness you would necessarily like to see from an NBA big. His still developing perimeter game does have some wondering if it would be very effective helping provide spacing on the floor. Some of the more common and intriguing NBA player comparisons that are out there are current Golden State. State forward and fellow Michigan State alum Draymond Green and former NBA big Elton Brand. Thank you for listening and we look forward to seeing you on the next installment when we will take a look at Ford Patrick Williams. Thanks again to Brian Shook, my brother, for coming through. This is the NBA draft profile starting with number 18, 
Xavier Tillman, a guy that I know you guys are very familiar with, especially the Go Green crowd out there in Sparty Nation. But uh, some other notes about Xavier Tillman. The story about him being a father uh, is was well documented by the, the Michigan State media. But just a guy who is kind of more culturally aware than maybe some of the folks out there and this becoming more into the spotlight. Um, if you believe that this is something that's going to be a major part of the NBA going forward, maybe Xavier Tillman could be one of these guys who kind of leads the way. Got some lineage there. His mother was a, a big-time college basketball player as well. But Brian wanted to point out also that uh, transferred from Forest Hills over to uh, Grand Rapids Catholic Central there on the west side of the state, kind of talked about how um, a big part of it was the lack of cultural diversity from the school that he was at before, and it caused a bit of an MHSAA firestorm, one of those stories that got around in not necessarily a pleasant light for the MHSAA, but one that came out uh, with Xavier Tolman being the very mature guy that he is and his relationship uh, with his, his, I don't know if he's married to the, the young woman that he has the, the, the children with. I know they're, they're certainly together, but, and I believe they are married. I, I just, off the top of my head, I, I can't uh, recall. I think that his first child was involved in the wedding, but maybe I'm remembering something else. But Xavier Tillman, I have had the chance to meet him and interview him a couple of times. As impressive as you probably guessed from what you know about Xavier Tillman, and a guy who could be, uh, I remember watching him in that Duke game during his sophomore year and saying, this guy's a first-round pick if he comes out and has a solid junior season. He did just that for Tom Izzo. He's one of these guys who probably got robbed of the NCAA tournament because that could have been a chance for him to make a deep run with a strong, experienced team with Cassius Winston alongside of him. Um, that three-point shot never really made the leap that you might have hoped for as a state fan for him as a junior, but certainly there's enough there that uh, there's some belief that Xavier Tolman is not just a defensive guy and could be one of those skilled big men that we have talked about today on this show. So thanks to Brother Brian. We'll be coming back with a lot more of those. A couple times a week or so, we'll hit prospect after prospect as we build up towards the NBA draft coming up in a couple of months. But that wraps up this edition of Locked on Pistons. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Hollinger and Duncan. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow.